we just did our um, ceremonious uh, pre-taping uh, shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're coming in hot. <laughs> Which we've decided that we need after when we record after work. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, got to get that blood up. Got to get the heart pumping, got to get the mind going, mm. you know, about things that you actually care about mm-hmm. instead of the stuff that you're being paid to care about. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, there's that. Um, so yeah, we just took a little shot. Welcome. Hello. We are glad you're with us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being with us again. Magic episode number five. <laughs> um, I think this one's going to be especially magic because um, we just kind of... Uh, came up with it off the cuff. It's something like we've talked about before. I'm sure you've talked about before. Um, we're going to talk about dreams mm-hmm. and dream shame. Yep. But before we do that, um, I'm just going to check in with you and ask how you're doing. Oh, well, oh, Fiona's going to answer for me. Um, <laughs> she's very vocal today. Yeah. The cats have been real vocal. Um, yeah, I'm doing okay. I I had one of those, oh gosh, it's only Tuesday. I'm having one of those weeks where I just feel like I need a little bit m- more head space than mm-hmm. I normally take. Where I'm just like, I need things to be kind of quiet and chill. You're processing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You need like mm-hmm. some downtime. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I... I think I've mentioned it before, but I always feel guilty about that or like, why do I need that stuff? Like, why can't I just like get through life and do all the things and be like a super go-getter with like more hours in the day than anybody else has? And like, <laughs> you know, don't you feel that way though sometimes? I like, 100% feel that you way. You look at people and like all the things that they're accomplishing in a day and you're like, do we live in a different like timescape universe? Yeah. And it's like, well, and my thing is like right now I'm doing a lot of things and then I'm so stressed out and then I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, calm down. Like, why are you? And then the thing is, I don't even get to enjoy the downtime because I feel guilty because I'm like, I should be doing something else. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, in no way. Um, But yeah, I totally get the idea though of like, wanting just to have time to like slow down and process because it's so important, Mm -hmm. you know, like especially to assess and kind of see like, am I giving out as much as like I'm putting back in? And basically what I mean by that is like my energy, right? Like am I getting energy filled back up or am I just giving all energy out? And that's why I feel angry, depleted, sad, tired, (laughs) like I need to drink more and like, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that, uh, just taking that kind of mental space, which I've been trying to do this week, it, there's a weird phenomenon that happens when I do that, wherein the days go by really, really fast, mm. which is so weird. Cause like normally when you're just like, Oh my God, I'm busy, but I'm stressed and I'm not actually like, I don't know, not in the headspace to be like taking care of your own business. Um, yeah. It just sort of seems like And especially, like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but, like, when you're taking a day to, like, relax and, like, do nothing, Mm -hmm. suddenly that day flies by. In a heartbeat. And you're, like, okay. Except when I'm, like, taking care of, like, other people's shit or not the stuff that's, like, what I really want to feed myself, suddenly, like, those days are just dragging and you're, like, more exhausted than ever. I think it's that, like, your time is your own, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Even in your own head. 
100%. Like you're on your own clock. So like you get to give yourself like you take liberties, right? You take breaks. Again, the way I keep using the word process, but I think like that's the important importance of like a mental health day or taking a break is just kind of like slowing down to kind of absorb like what's been going on. How do I feel? That kind of thing. And mm-hmm. when you when you're on somebody else's agenda and somebody else's clock, like that time is not built in. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean and. Sorry, I feel like I'm dominating this portion of the conversation. Here for it. And I will definitely ask about you and how you're doing. Oh, we don't need to even go. Please. This is vastly more interesting. <laughs> no, it's, it's... Well, I was going to say, too, like, um, I've been a little bit, like, almost positively distracted by the news lately. Mm. Just... And, like, I'm not optimistic, really. I was going to say, coming from it. you, this, I is, know, I this know. is very interesting. I know. I mean, I basically have resign myself that I am that Keenan Thompson uh, character <laughs> on the most recent SNL where it's just like, yeah, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. That is just me. But at the same time, it's been like just any small amount of encouraging movement yes. has been like, I don't know, like, yeah, taking up some of my mental space, but in a good way. It's nice to see it at all. I feel like there was such an absence of it that yes. even being able to see progress mm-hmm. in some way is just nice and it feels so good. I love that you referenced the Keenan Thompson, um, <laughs> A.D. Bryant sketch because it's it's so much like the American like collective conscious, I think for the majority of us, I hope. Right. It's um, this thing where it's like, we're doing something, it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like wish fulfillment in, mm-hmm. a, in a lot of ways, but then mm-hmm. like there's the other side of it. We all have our inner Keenan who's just like, yeah, but ain't nothing going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, when he said, like, grab him by the pussy, and we're all like, what? And it's like, nothing, nothing happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, we could catalog a million things oh, that have yeah. happened since yeah. then. And, and on and on and on. But, yeah, I mean, I think just to sort of feel that some people who aren't uh, the ones you would necessarily think are paying attention are kind of paying attention yeah. finally and being like, oh, you know what? Like, he might be kind of doing some bad things. Hi, welcome to the, literally the world is caving in on itself and they're like, you know what? I think this guy might not be right for the job. And it's like, welcome to 2016. We've all been here for quite some time. Right, right. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I've been distracted by that and. That's a good thing though. Yeah. Like having some, it's it's like the hope for accountability, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. it's like the, the hope for that. Yeah. Yeah, and that we'll maybe find some sense of, like, I don't know, yeah, hope, I guess, that something will change to the, for the better. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, you have to. Even in the smallest way, because you've just seen so many things, like, go downhill in these terrible ways, and just somebody behaving, like, appallingly on the world stage and representing America in this Mm. really disgusting, backwards Racist, racist, misogynist, just yeah. the worst. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like throw in the worst words that yeah. are descriptors, and you've mm-hmm. got you know this idiot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I've enjoyed it myself, and it's also just been nice to kind of you know lean in or relish the opportunity uh, to kind of think about this motherfucker going to jail, mm-hmm. you know, or, or well that ain't that oh it oh, ain't gonna happen <laughs> it ain't gonna happen um, but I mean it's still like so nice you know yeah. to just 
to have the possibility there that is somewhere that feels concrete, like you can read in a news story that like steps are being taken as opposed to sitting around drinking with your friends or talking with your friends and just yelling into the air. These are the steps that should have been taken. And that somehow like our democracy is being looked after and protected and that somebody can do something. Yes. It's just to sort of wake some people up. Yeah. I hope so. I really hope so because you know, at times I just kind of like resign myself that I'm like, we live in a fascist dictatorship now and this is my life. And like, we're just every day, it's going to get a little closer to that because it's really seemed that way. And so, yeah, to, to see him seem to be shaken in his boots a little bit and to see people, like you said, who should have been vocal a very long time ago, but are now suddenly starting to be right. vocal about their concerns feels good. Well, and also too, the people who have been vocal in the way that they can be being less maligned for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's encouraging. Yeah. That the truth is like a real thing. Yeah. That matters. That matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, so to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) No, but I mean, I think, yeah, I agree with you. It's, It's a good place to go. I mean, and also if you're going to spend some time, decompressing and reading the news it's nice to be able to think that you can actually turn to the news for a source of a sliver of a glimmer of hope right even if underneath you're like not gonna happen right right. (laughs) yeah not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) exactly is that the best character they've done in a really long time so for me personally it's the one that i have most identified with at least in the recent past where i was just like i am him and he is me, <laughs> like, and yeah. and not in a way because you know I, I guess a little bit I I feel a little bit shameful for being the person in the room who's always just like, yeah, there's no hope, like, yeah, no, just don't even worry about it. like don't even try, you know, because like stuff a lot of the time will be like looking at like things that have happened like Miller Report and in and all of the things and just been like okay like maybe like something is going to like right this ship a little bit and I'm like nah. Yeah. Well, what evidence do you have to the contrary, right? I mean, and it's also just when you already kind of like err on the side of dystopia, you know what I mean? Like, I feel, I feel like it's a natural and easy thing to do. And also we need people like you. Like, I feel like I try to be optimistic and you and I have had nights where we go a little bit like toe to toe and I'm like, but this is progress. And you're like, well, define progress, you know? And we're just kind of like, but I feel like, but I, I, I need you and we need people like you who are the, it ain't going to happen because it's so valuable because typically those are the people who are invested in the cause and are unwavering. And you are the person who is like out there speaking the truth saying, no, like I am. Yeah. But of course, you know, there has to be balance and that's why it's so good to have, you know, people like you and, and people who, who want and, and don't let their optimism be completely crushed by Mm. the weight of this Cheeto, um, that, you know, it's been hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I just have to like, I feel, you know, what's so weird about this. Okay. This is not where I saw this episode going, (laughs) but, and I'm getting ready to say something like totally kind of random, um, I'm a really patriotic person. Same. And I feel like that's a word that's been kind of stolen and hijacked. for us. Yes. And I'm a really patriotic person. I have always been very proud to be an American. And I've had the luxury in my life to travel internationally. And it has always been 
top of mind when right. I'm out of this country that I want to represent it well mm-hmm. and to be somebody who's learning in other people's right. countries and asking questions and not, you know, this jerk American who demands ice in my drink and talks too loud. <laughs> and because I, th- while I do think that is a portion of America, that is not America. Yeah. And so for the, this kind of like conversation to have shifted where it's almost as though no that's America now and if you don't like it get the fuck out right and it's like but no 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 like I'm an American and that's not my America right yeah I mean and I think that uh I I have I've always been a proud American but that doesn't mean that I haven't been a very critical American sure and I have been that for more than I've not been but that's, <laughs> but that's what it means it. Yeah. that's exactly right yeah 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 and I think that there's there's a good amount of room there and we should be doing that like we should be like assessing and looking and analyzing like what we're putting out into the world what like our collective like conscious is saying mm-hmm. like what like who our leaders are and what our values are and I think being skeptical about those things and and constant questioning is Doing your job. 100%. As a citizen. And exercising your right to be an American means being able to dialogue about that freely. Right. Right? And being able to look at it critically and then talk about it like we are right now. Right. And to not be maligned for that. Right. Or to be called an elitist. Or, right. no, this is part of the process and that's what makes it great. And, you know, when I say that I'm a proud American, I should also, like, really say and be very clear about it. I am very Mm anti-nationalism. Like, I'm not a nationalist, but I do think there is something really wonderful about being able to take pride in the place that you're from. Right. And so, yes, circle back around (laughs) to where we started. Yeah. I also have been proud for the first time in in a, a while, you know, of what I'm seeing coming out of the news because it's... Right. It's been pretty, pretty dismal. Yeah, and it's, it's been... A lot of just sort of clinging to like small positive moments and like, mm-hmm. you know, America comes from a pretty dark history and a pretty yes. dark past and it's not in the past. It's with us all the time mm-hmm. and hides in nefarious ways. And some of that has come out and been exposed a bit, but been championed by our president, which sucks um, and is horrible. Yeah. Um, but like just kind of recognizing and talking about the fact that it's still here and still with Mm -hmm. us and we need to do way better at recognizing it, vocalizing it and doing something about it. And what an opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right now, like we are with such a heightened awareness right now because he's brought it all to the forefront and, and, you know, and people feel very emboldened to be racist and misogynistic. And I, I've, I've wrestled with that because I'm not sure what my role in that is. Right. And like, because it's my immediate reaction is like anger, rage, and like, fuck those motherfuckers. (laughs) But I also have to realize that, you know, this is a segment of the, the population and I'm from the South and I have family members that I could easily categorize as MAGA people, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's as much up to them as it is up to me. It's up to us that we reconcile that and find a language for it. I really need to read that book, um, How to Be Anti-Racist, I believe is what it's called. Mm. I heard an interview with the author. It's gonna, this is going to wind up on the blog again because I can't remember his <laughs> yeah. name. But 
it just, it, it talks about the idea of, um, you're, you know, racism versus anti-racism. I'm not going to, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I'm, I don't want to like, also like, I haven't read the book, so I feel like oh, I would right, be talking right, out of turn, right. but I heard an interview with him and I just thought it was such an interesting concept that, um, the absence of racism doesn't necessarily mean that there is no racism, but anti-racism is when there's actual like activism, progress, mm-hmm. verbiage mm-hmm. that is kind of leaning toward dispelling racism and saying, you know, not accepted it's here. not accepted here right. that's right instead of like being silently like well there was the absence thereof there mean therefore there was now right. which is very interesting because it, it makes me question um what my role is yes yeah yeah i mean and i think that that's something that oof, we let's have a whole episode about that i think mm-hmm. that this is like it's so funny because we're yeah we're kind of going off on a tangent but i i think that this is a this is a topic that yeah, is very um, tricky. Yeah, <laughs> and um, difficult, especially is like white women, white people to yeah. talk about. Um, but is important, and I think um, yeah, we should we should do an episode about it. I feel like we should we we should do an episode about it, and you know, it's something that it's just it's crazy to me that coming from, and I'll just be open about it because that's that's the key, right? It's just trying to be forthcoming and honest. Like when I grew up, where I grew up in Southern Louisiana, right on the Mississippi border, it was very segregated still very much, right? Um, You had any kind of different race, people of different class, everybody kind of stuck together to what they knew, right? Mm -hmm. You had like white kids were together, black kids stuck together. And we were not encouraged to change that in any way. Mm. Um, And so it wasn't until I went to college that there was kind of this, like, I felt like there was a freedom that I had for the first time. And I kind of had so many questions suddenly that I didn't realize that I had just because my worldview was so narrow. It is so narrow, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I struggle even now with, I have so many questions. Yeah. I don't have answers. I'm just like, but I want to understand this and I want to know about that. And I... I feel like I have to learn the right way to engage in that dialogue, you know, because it, it really is, again, it's on me mm-hmm. to better understand why that is. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like one of the, oh, wow, we're really just getting into this. As an oh, no, no. <laughs> that was, this is not the intent. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, one really important thing to do is just to ask the questions and ask really hard questions of ourselves and start to like recognize and look around at like the unseen things that we just flitted past our entire lives because we're white. Yeah. You know, which is the majority of the American experience. Right, exactly. Which is why it's so fucked up yeah. that there's this narrative that yeah. that's the dominant experience right. when it's like, no, though, not um, really. And to like make ourselves do the fucking work to get there. Like, and to get don't uncomfortable. Ask people of color what to do. No. It's not their fucking job. No. Like, learn what the hell is wrong with 
sort of the American mentality in general, what's missing from your own like life and experience to understand any of this stuff. Like look at like your education and the gaps there and then fill those gaps. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the onus is, as you say, and I agree on us. Yeah. And it's going to be awkward. Just like this conversation that we've suddenly decided we're going to put out into the world. (laughs) We're going to talk about dreams. Just kidding. We're going to talk about racism. Well, I feel like this is, it's very kind of uh, ornamental of where we are as Americans that we started this out like, hey, the news looks good. We're like, hey, America. Oh gosh. And then it's like racism (laughs) and the role that it plays and how fucked up this country's history is. And Mm -hmm. when we, you know, you can't, you can't not. I mean, it's just where we are. Exactly. And which is why, again, it's something we've got to talk about well, and, and we should be thinking about it all the time we should be thinking about it all the time we have the luxury of not exactly so that's yeah. why we should <laughs> yeah okay all right we're gonna stop we're gonna stop but yeah so I feel like that's some homework for us yeah for too, sure though um and maybe we will um maybe we should because I know you and I both listen to an array of different podcasts mm-hmm. it might be kind of fun at some point to reach out to podcasters who are much more adept at yes. discussing this topic and, you know, yeah. um, reference that or reach out to them because, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 not easy and it's awkward and I fucking kind of like it because yeah. I'm just like, eh, it's been too easy for me for a while. So Exactly. White people, educate yourselves. Yep. <laughs> um, so now let's talk about dreams. <laughs> and then like Marianne Williamson appears. She's First like wearing look. a cape. Yes. <laughs> Can I say that there's nothing whiter than the, this transition? No, it's so funny too. Cause like we're like, we're like white people step up. Now let's talk about dream interpretation. And like our own brains and how they work when we're asleep. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating <laughs> to just really lollygag around with your subconscious? Yeah, no, it's it's very Oh, I'm God, aware. We're the worst. We're the worst. It's fine. Uh, but yet, here we are. Yeah. Here by the grace of God go I or something uh, like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So yep. let's talk dreams. Okay. Let's talk dream shame. Let's do it. Um, what came to me when we first started talking about this is I know that you have because we've talked about it, but just for the sake of um, posturing for good interview. Mm. Lily, have you ever had a dream about someone and then the next day felt guilty, shameful, or like they knew? No, never. (laughs) I don't know why you would ask me that. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's the worst. It's awful. Yeah. Because I think, I think one of the worst things about it is that even though, okay, even though like dreams are like weird and mean different things and they're sometimes not literal, usually not, and, like, somebody represents something about whatever, it's still very much like, oh, wow, but that actually happened. Like, my brain conjured that, made it happen in my sleep, and, like, I was, like, in that mode. So, therefore, it's just, like, it becomes, like, for at least the next day or so, like, a part of your emotional, like, makeup, (laughs) I guess. So, I don't know. Yeah. And then especially if there's somebody else who you know who's involved, it's so awkward because you're like, I went through this whole journey with you and you absolutely were not there. You weren't there. And then you feel like a kindred ship to them. I mean, okay, let's, yeah, let's, let's unpack that. So one of my least favorite kind of dreams, um, 
is a dream where you go through something with someone that you know. Yeah. And maybe it's a coworker or like an acquaintance. And then the next time you see them, you're kind of almost like, Hey, yeah. you know, like we, like you said, like we went through this whole thing and then you're just like, it was all in my brain. And also where the fuck did it come mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. Or, um, weird, intimate, like sex dreams, oh, like God. God forbid with Gross. someone, you know, and you're like, why you out of nowhere or my least favorite random celebrities who I'm just <laughs> like, really? Um, well, and so, okay. So let's just say this. So the thing with dreams, right, is it's just your subconscious unpacking the things that happened that day. It's just like, or month or whatever. You go to bed, your brain kind of turns off, but doesn't turn off. So it's just kind of on autopilot. It's Mm -hmm. just processing things. Right. So dream interpretation, I feel like, is largely bullshit. I don't think you need like a dictionary of like, what does it mean if my teeth fall out? It's kind of like, I don't know. Tell me about what's going on in your life and then let's do dream interpretation that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's just contextual as to what your brain is trying to decipher in terms of what's going on in your own life. Yeah. The only time I think that that stuff, well, I don't know. I don't want to offend any dream interpreters out there. No, of course not. Or like dream therapists or whatever because I don't really live in that realm and I don't know. But at the same time, I I would say that like, yes, you're totally right. It's like what is happening in your own life and then like how that can kind of – I think that like the way that your brain processes information might be an interesting realm of dream interpretation Mm. in terms of like – your teeth falling out isn't just like, oh, I fear loss or whatever. It's yeah. like my brain interprets like certain things as mm-hmm. like having a physical toll on me. Yeah. Or, or an inability to speak because I felt like I, my whatever has been squashed lately or right. that's what I mean. I don't, I don't feel like it's all bogus or total bullshit, but I feel like a lot of it's common sense in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like look at your life, examine mm-hmm. what's going on, and then it's probably going to be relatively easy to like create a narrative where you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's like, it's something that would be way more interesting to delve way deeper into than randomly. Like, cause we were looking up like dream interpretation mm-hmm, sites mm-hmm. or whatever. And like those really like super basic, pretty obvious common sense, yeah. nonsense things. And you're just like, mm, yeah. And not that we were doing any deep research, by the way. We no. literally... As it was we like were, the first five on Google. Yeah. As we were like pouring our whiskey shot we had right before <laughs> we, we met you here today, um, we were, yeah, just looking at the Google machine and saying... And it was kind of like, what are the most common? And there were like a lot of like falling, teeth falling out, um, which I kind of feel super basic because I've had most of, of the course, dreams of that course. are on that They're list. the most common for a reason. Yeah. Though I will say this, like one of the most interesting things that um, ever happened to me, like in any kind of dream analysis conversation was um, I had a, a recurring dream that's uh, many years ago. I was uh, working in news media and there was this guy that was around and he was a music writer and he was considerably older than me. I was in no way attracted to him, but I thought... He was so clever and so kind, and I lo- his wife was a delight. Loved, loved, loved them, loved their energy. And I started having these dreams where I was having sex with this guy. Mm. And I was like, I'm not even attracted to him. Like, what is it? Right. And I wanted to leave my job at the time, and he was a music writer. He was doing uh-huh. exactly what he wanted to do. Uh-huh. And my therapist was like, 
it's not so literal. Like sometimes sex is just like a bonding and a transaction. She's like, you're drawn to those skills and you want them for yourself. Uh Like you, that's something that is attractive to you about him. It's not the physicality. It's not that the person is what you, you know, you want to like have sex with this person. It's just this person is in your subconscious is something that's highly desirable. Can I say something kind of uncomfortable? Totally. It also might have been, and I'm just saying this because like I feel like I was uh, at this space as a younger woman too. I equated a lot of things with sex mm. in terms of like um, not upper mobility necessarily, but like possibility in life or like kind of like looking at like the possible potential partners around mm. me and like seeing them kind of like <laughs> are you are you saying that my subconscious was like you going to be a home wrecker? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, gonna... <laughs> no, 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 I, what I mean is... Because um, I kind of like that theory. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I do mean, the, like, maybe the sex was a tiny bit literal just in the sense of, like, um, like how your brain was maybe processing or, like, working through things The wherein, like, I, I mean, I could be totally off base, but, like, I just know that I did this when I was younger where it was, like, sort of, like, aspirational stuff could get very easily tied to sex. And that's oh, a whole yeah. other, Power, like, control. issue and, like set of things that we can talk about for sure but like just sort of that like as a young woman sort of seeing how you could like succeed in the world and like tie yourself instead of like being able to like really feel like you could do it on your own you're like I could tie myself to this person who's doing all these awesome things and thereby I could be like their understudy by extension I too can be successful yeah yeah yeah, no 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 I know exactly what you mean yeah and I don't think you're wrong because I was young enough and green enough that it was like yeah, that would have totally made sense. It was just like, hitch my caboose to your wagon or whatever the right. phrase. I didn't even know if that is a phrase. It got strangely sexual as I was saying it. <laughs> I, don't, I just, maybe the word caboose I've sexualized in my mind. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Have you ever, has your your bottom ever been called a caboose before? Has somebody moved your caboose? I... I hope not. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm southernizing everywhere. Oh. It's the whiskey. Move your caboose. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So I say scoot your boot a lot. Scoot your boot? Scoot your boot. Like, does that mean... Move your ass. Hurry up. Yep. Okay. Hurry up. Scoot your boot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also use put a wiggle in it. Say it again? Put a wiggle in it. Put a wiggle in it. Does that mean funk it up? It, no, it means hurry your ass up again. <laughs> I'm real impatient. It's just like put a wiggle in it. I, I love that, like uh, the idea that we would be sitting around talking about like euphemisms and phrases, and every example you'd have would be for hurry up. <laughs> because it pretty much is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I see a theme here. <laughs> I'm very impatient. Yep. Uh, but we all are. We mm-hmm. have that. So yeah. So no, I I, mean, I, yeah. I think I think you're not wrong. I mean. And then, like, just, oh, and sex dream. I mean, can we talk mm. about how just crazy, and especially. They're difficult. They're the worst. Mm-hmm. Well, they can be awesome, but they're the worst when they're with someone who you know. They're the worst. Yes. Because yes. it's really awkward and uncomfortable because then you have to, like, unpack, like, your own feelings about that person and then you're like wait no like you were saying I don't want to have sex with this person no, I'm not and even attracted and sometimes to them. yeah you're like I've never even thought of you contextually in that way right. and by the way when I say sex terms I'm going to use that or sex dreams I'm going to use that term like kind of loosely because when I say a sex dream you don't technically have to have like 
intercourse with the person. This could be like a sexual attraction or like a desire or like. See, I feel differently about that. I don't consider it a sex dream unless there's actual sex involved for whatever reason. Well, here's my big self-disclosure, which I feel like, oh God, the the therapists that listen to this therapist. To quote, I don't know. See, once again, I'm going to reference something that I cannot call back to its rightful owner. But um, as a therapist, I'm going to let therapists analyze me, which reminds me of this tweet, Uh which is, um, it says, all therapists have therapists and those therapists have therapists until you get to Fiona Apple herself. (laughs) And that is the best tweet of all time. And I'm like, where's the lie? But (laughs) whoever tweeted that, we will find you. Yeah. But as like, so so as I'm saying, I'm going to say this, I'm like, oh my God, I'm opening myself up for psychoanalysis. But I just said dreams are bullshit. So I'm going to lean into it. Okay. I never have physical intercourse with penetration in my dreams. I have like movie sex dreams. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like in a movie, how there's like a lot of like, um, you can tell they're going to have sex. The mood is there. The lighting's there. There's right, a lot right, of this right. and that. But you don't ever see like penetration. So like, it's like the Top Gun silhouette. Okay. It is definitely not that. <laughs> but that would be amazing, especially if I got like classic 80s ballads in the background. <laughs> what song do they have sex to? Take my breath away. Take my breath away, right. Yeah. Right, right. It, it's more just like, um, I say movie sex because like you're not for the most part seeing, it's just kind of like they go into, I'm not, okay, well maybe I should talk then and ask you, not that you're an expert, but maybe you are, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, my, when I have sex in dreams, it's not like pornographic in the sense. And when I say that, I mean, like, I'm not seeing the other person's genitals and I, and they're not necessarily seeing mine. You're right. Genitalia, that's why I say movie sex. Like, genitalia is not involved in the dream. But the concept, or like the, the, I'm trying to, yeah, figure out what, what you mean. Um, so, but the sex actually happens. It's not like, it's not like, oh, anticipatory sex and then it fades out. You're like, oh, sometimes like, there's that, but then sometimes there is. Hmm. What are your sex dreams like? Depends. I, yeah, it depends. They're, they take on many forms. Mm. Um, some of them are like pretty, like straight up. Yeah. Like it's, so it's there. That's, yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like you, but it's, it's graphic. Not like porn. It's not like I'm outside of myself, like looking at. Two people Porn maybe was sex. the wrong word. Or it's, it's graphic. It's visual. It's descriptive. And in terms of genitalia is involved. That's my big thing. See, that's why I like it's movie sex because it's kind of like, <laughs> like it's uh, it's in our seventeen. It's not X rated. Okay, but like visually or conceptually? Oh no, conceptually it's all happening. Hmm. It's just like the visual in my dream. It's almost yeah. like my mind is like. But that's like actual sex. Okay, so maybe it's not movie sex. Maybe it's just, like, actual sex. Yeah, because, like, actual sex, like, what are you looking at? Like, sometimes you're looking at the ceiling. Sometimes your eyes are closed. Sometimes you're looking at your partner's face. Sometimes you're looking at their back. I don't know. Positions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I'm not crazy. Well, of course you're not crazy. (laughs) Okay, because we really went for a vulnerable topic here. Now I feel like I'm like, oh, no, I said – but then it's also, like, yeah, okay, you're right. It sounds much more experiential than it does – voyeuristic 
Yes, it is 100% experiential, which is why for me, sex dreams are the worst because oh. typically like it, it's kind of like I'm so with oh, the person. Oh, it's so intimate. It's, yeah, it's intimate. Oh. It's always very intimate. Like I'm with the person. Uh-huh. It's not, I guess that's what the, the graphic piece, the genitalia piece is missing because it's not like, it doesn't seem as kind of like. Yeah, it's not fun and voyeuristic. It's right. not like I can get off on my own dream. Right. It's not like it's there to be a turn on for you. No. You're just living it. No, I'm just no, I'm just, you know, just sort of like in life. That's how my <laughs> mind works. My mind won't even let me relax enough to be like voyeuristic in my own dreams. I think it's like that for a lot of people. I don't think that my sex dreams are ever very much like I'm looking from the outside. Okay. You just are you just know that you've had sex. Yes, but I feel like the reason I say that is because, like, with dreams, I feel like so much of the time I'm outside looking in on my own dream. Oh, right. So it's like I usually, in dreams, am watching myself do something. Right. But when it comes to that experience in particular, I'm not watching myself. I, I It's just the other person, but it's not even – do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I do know what you mean. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well – that would complicate things in, in a lot of ways in terms of like if you were with somebody who you actually know how much more like intimate, intimate. that would be. Yeah, that's why they're the worst. Yeah. So and I don't have them very often, yeah. thank God. Um, but when I do, boy, I really I feel like you know what's funny is um I had one of my funnier uh sex dreams and and my partner and I actually laugh about this a lot is um I had a sex dream about uh, the comedian Mark Maron. Oh. And I do you remember this? I told yeah, you about yeah, yeah. And it was like so good and things were going so great. And like we couldn't really get anywhere because I had to continuously tell him he had to stop talking. Which is like one of the funniest things ever. But I also am like, it is me and I am him and we are we. <laughs> like it's just another neurotic person. Like, you know, like it's just. But it was so funny. Like it couldn't even be like fun because I was just like, shh, 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 shh. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who wants a bunch of talking? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe people. Maybe people do. But yeah. like, I don't want to have a conversation. That's not the good time for a conversation. And I just feel like with a Mark Merritt character too, it would just be like, he's just talking at you. It's mm-hmm. not like you're like... It, so it's like maybe he's like ruining the intimacy with, you know, he's just got to get like a little well, like one-liner in there. talking about like was just like... He was kind of almost narrating the situation, like, oh, man, this is, like, so hot because, like, ew, this. And ew, I was just ew, like, ew, ew, no, ew, no, ew, no, ew, no, ew, no, 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 Yeah. Okay. Huh. So that's weird. I mean, that could be a whole different episode, really, where yeah. people who talk. During sex. During sex. And, mm. like, is there a right or a wrong way to do it? I don't know. Mm-mm. Not for no. me to say. There is no wrong or right way to do sex, except, you know, of course, it has to be consensual. But other than that, it's just about like two consenting adults with the right person. Yeah, yes, of course, two consenting adults. But like with the with the right. I did not assume you meant children. <laughs> Thank you. <'Cause laughs> that I, was in no way because they absolutely like... can't give consent. Yeah. Um, but no, like uh, that's the whole thing about good sex, right? It's like the rapport. So like, if you love fucking talking and your partner doesn't, and like you maybe work out some scenarios where mm-hmm. you're like, hey. I want to be talking through this and they are like, okay, 
Well, it's no Maybe different. Maybe one out of every five times. It's no try. different than anything else, right? right? Like any other modification you would make where like right, right. one of you has like some kind of thing that works for you and the other one doesn't. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to like do a little less of this and a little more of that. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Long-term yeah. relationships. Um, I mean, it's funny that you say that because like maybe that's why sometimes like these sex dreams are the worst. Uh, it's just like, yeah, when you're like married or like in a long-term uh, monogamous relationship, like it can feel very, very strange to be like, I like in my sleep had like really intimate feelings for somebody else. Yeah. And like dealing with that and kind of unpacking the, that is, it takes a hot minute. Yeah, 100%. And also, like, I just feel like I have to tell Jamie immediately. Like, I'm, yeah, I know. And I can't even, like, carry it around and be excited about it because I'm just kind of like, I wake up and then I feel so weird and I enjoy it and I'll like write it out and kind of be like, "Mm," you know, like, like I had a weird, like John Krasinski dream one time and I was like, and it wasn't Jim from the office, but it kind of was. And I was like, well, that's kind of sweet, but also not and weird and what's wrong with me and calling my therapist on speed dial. But then, then later that evening, like when we were having dinner, like he's just, Jamie's such a, a good match for me because like we were, and I was like, I just want to tell you. Like, I had a sex dream about John Krasinski. And he looked at me totally straight-faced and goes, I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm like, me either. <laughs> me either. Like, I don't know. And he's like, no, I mean, it's good because, like, Jake Ryan, but maybe, like, Jim Halpert. And I'm like, I know. He's got such <laughs> range as an actor. He, but, like, it just it's a testament <laughs> to his his range as an actor, really, is what oh it is. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. Though I think the weirdest, not the weirdest, but like the most like non-attracted physically to person who I've had a sex dream about was Joss Whedon. Mm. Um, but I love a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like Buffy is my number one TV show of all time. I was going to say, but that's like some Buffy shit probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Firefly and, you know, a lot of, just, I love Joss Whedon. But um, yeah, like. Was it good at least? No, it was great. But then <laughs> we also, but then. Herein lies the problem with, I don't know if you do, no, I think that you do because I think you already talked about it, but like you recognize in your dream that that person is married and somehow like it's the worst thing possible. And you're just like, wait, what am I doing? Like, but, and then you, you do the justifying thing where you're like, but like we're just connecting so much, and it just happened. Don't and, you like, hate and, when and we just had these amazing conversations? And like I don't know what to do because I definitely know that he's married, and like I'm married. Like what? What do I do? Well, here's I feel like that's when I get so angry at my neurosis, and then I wake mm. up and I'm like, motherfucker, I can't even just have a good sex it. dream <laughs> right. because you're all up in my grill about his wife and like what so and so might think. And I'm just like, this is a dream. Well, and, and what is so hilarious about that is because it's like an extra layer of like you not really doing it on purpose necessarily. Like it's not like you're fantasizing and masturbating. You're just no. sleeping. Yeah. Your brain is, your brain's on autopilot. Right. Which is why you sometimes wind up with like this weird Jim Halpert, Jack, is it Jack Ryan? I've never even seen the show. I think it is. Jake? Jake No, Ryan. Jake Ryan is Jack from. Ryan. Jake uh, Ryan. Jake Ryan is the dreamboat from 16 Candles. Oh, yes. So maybe it is Jack Ryan. I don't know. 
Wouldn't it be funny if Jack Ryan was just Jake Ryan from 16 Candles who oh had like God. gone, he'd, be, oh he'd become God. like a Navy SEAL. Okay, we have to and write And he had like movie. gone on to like, that would actually be pretty amazing. I'm into it. Yeah. Jake Ryan is Jack Ryan. Jake Ryan is Jack Ryan. That's, yeah, we're yeah, writing no, that movie. It's happening. Okay, cool. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, but I mean, to move away from like sex dreams, maybe, I don't know. It's no, really, I'm, uh, I'm done talking. I've embarrassed myself no, thoroughly. No, no. I mean, well. Okay. Shame. I, I feel vulnerable. I'm doing that thing. See, we talked about how we're going to feel shame on this podcast, and I'm like, I've said so much. <laughs> Can I take it back? No. no. Um, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not that far off of sex, but I was going to say, I, I've i also had very many dreams where I've just had, like, a really deep emotional connection with somebody, mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, and it's just, it's weird, because it takes on different forms or whatever, but then, like, felt compelled, like, maybe it's somebody who I haven't seen in a while or whatever, uh, like, an old friend, and then I'll, like, feel compelled to, like, text them and be oh, like, yeah. Hi, just thinking about you, but really the thinking about you is that I had a very intense dream where we were like best friends and reconnected in this like really close way. And we were like, like sharing like some new experience together where Mm -hmm. we were both like, we're both thrust into this experience and we're both here. And like, sometimes like I almost feel more shameful about that scenario because I'm like, am I just like, like craving like connections with people or like to like be in like yeah why am I manifesting this in my brain like why like why are you creating deep connections with yeah. like conjuring from I mean it could be that I don't know again I would say let's go to the true dream dictionary which is I would ask when you had the dream what was going on in your life right like were there things happening where maybe you were craving some kind of connection? Maybe that person represented or they brought something out in you right. at a time in your life where you're like, I wish your brain's kind of subconsciously like, oh, I'd like more of that feeling that I used to have when I was with that person. Oh, yeah, totally. And so maybe hmm. your brain is kind of like going through the Rolodex of, of that feeling and it's like, ah, oh, that person. Right. And that's what brings that back for me. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Um yeah, I think that like it's it's always just sort of strange to see who's going to turn up to in your dreams. Oh, like, 100%. Oh, what are you doing here? Yes. I know. It's very strange because sometimes people come and go and I'm just like, but why that person? Yeah. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like even if you've had like minimal interaction or you or no interaction or you it's you know what I mean it's just so crazy it's like I and I do I would like to interview my own brain it's like that New Yorker cover that um okay yet another thing I'm putting on the blog (laughs) um there's this great New Yorker cover where um it's a therapist sitting at a a chair and her eye is her eye is essentially talking to her own brain and it's like this idea of like self analysis and like but anyway it in short it's me being like I would love to talk to my brain and just be like hi just so curious about the last dream um <laughs> why why him yeah we don't even watch Jack Ryan brain <laughs> or Jake Ryan or Jake well <laughs> boy we used to watch some Jake Ryan oh, who didn't watch Jake Ryan such a babe yeah I think he re- I think he was one of those that like got a wife had a kid quit the biz oh the actor 
the well, I don't I don't know the actor's name. I don't either. But I also like. I don't either. What if I were just continuing the narrative for Jake Ryan in Sixteen Candles, and I'm like, no, no, no. Here's what happened. He became an actor, and then uh, he had a wife. Then he became kids. a spy. <laughs> Got a, he, he was like he entered the navy, you know, and Is then. Jack I don't even know. No, he's just, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, that took a turn. Yeah, it, it's, it's, um, this has been a really meandering episode and I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, <laughs> the question is, are our listeners here for it? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's so funny that we're like even talking about dreams because it's, it's sort of one of those things where like, if anybody tries to tell you their dream or like describe the dream they just had to you, you're like, please, no, please, no, please stop talking. Please. No, it, it can be. Okay. It depends on the person Yeah. because I feel like there are people in my life who are very succinct and excellent storytellers. And like when they tell me about a dream, I'm just like, Ooh, I also love somebody I can riff on and like riff with. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if somebody's like, I had a dream and we get to kind of like, like, um, we have our, our good friend, Steph Histed, uh, mm-hmm. was recently over and, uh, she was talking about, um, being pregnant in a dream oh, and God. before, oh God, oh, I hate that dream. And so before she could even finish, I was like, you know, it doesn't mean you're pregnant though. It doesn't mean you want children. Like I was just, <laughs> because I was projecting my own. Cause I've also had that dream and I'm like, I, I don't want anybody to get Freudian on my ass and be like, well, it's your secret desire. And it's like, no, but yeah. So pregnancy dreams. Are typically mean according to these uh, dream dictionaries that I called bogus about forty minutes ago. Um, that it's like the pregnant pregnant with possibility or growing something, developing a project. It doesn't have to necessarily be a child. Yeah, but also, just those dreams are the worst. They are the worst because okay, so I I I know we should probably wrap up soon, but uh, ugh, I've had those dreams where. Um, I randomly have a child mm-hmm. and I'm holding a baby and somehow it's mine. And I'm like, but I don't remember making this decision. <laughs> like, I don't remember like being pregnant. Yes. I don't remember like yes. making a decision to have a child. I've had those dreams. And suddenly I just have this baby and then like all of this, like, how do I get rid of it? Like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, yes. it's my responsibility now. Yes. And I just don't. I don't know what to do because I didn't make this choice. <laughs> I had, yes, you are not alone. Ugh. This is a, a horrible dream. It's not even like a pregnancy dream. It's like the, I have a baby you dream. I have a baby. And now you know that like you have to suddenly reconfigure your entire life. And then there's that thing where like. And you weren't prepared. It's like the thing where like, have you ever had the dream where like you didn't attend a class in college and now it's time to graduate and you're there like you never showed up for that class. I've had that more dream. That dream more than any other. Yeah, I have that dream all the time too. So it's like that dream, but it's like, but you had a baby. Because when I have that dream, the college dream, I'm always just like, what the fuck were you doing that you couldn't go to math or whatever it is? You know what I mean? You always think like, why wasn't I there this whole semester? What the hell was I doing with my time? And I'm always like, I'm so, I'm such a visual person. Like I'm always flipping through a binder. Like, but where was the schedule? Like I made a schedule. Yeah. Like I thought that I... Yeah, so I've had that dream, but I feel like the the baby dream is it like a different version, a different iteration of that same thing where it's like way more wait, permanent. What's that? Way more permanent. Way more per- yes, way more permanent. <laughs> but also that same kind of feeling of where was I? Shit, how did yeah. I let this happen? Yeah. Because that's always the feeling with the college dream is like, why wasn't I in those classes? Like suddenly you have a baby and you're like, in the dreams for me, it sounds like for you too, it's like 
shit, well, this wasn't supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And then there's this like immediate feeling of like responsibility and yeah. And oh, those are awful dreams because there's so much guilt. So much guilt. And then you're also just like, what is this tied to? Because I have this like intense ability to procrastinate. And it's one of the things that like I dislike the most about my brain and my personality and I'm like it's probably so tied to that that I just like procrastinated thinking about something but then somehow my brain like while I'm asleep justifies it that like I didn't even know it was happening Mm -hmm. so what do you do with that I mean I feel like again you got to go back to the source what's happening in your life and just I mean that's all I feel like the best dream analysis, because nobody's going to answer any questions or solve anything with dream analysis. I mean, I don't know, maybe, but I don't, do people? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I will tell you this though. Like I had a dream growing up as a kid. It was my nightmare. It was a nightmare I had all the time where the reoccurring thing was there was a lion in the playground and like I had to like run from the lion and it was like a very scary dream. And then as I got older, the lion would be in situations. He was in high school and I was like in the hallway and all the doors were locked. Lion, lion, lion. So don't end up with a Leo. Don't end up with a Leo, (laughs) which my sister and father are. So I'm like surrounded by Leos. Um, Hmm. And then they're both delightful. So (laughs) I don't know. But, but then when I finally, um, when I was living alone for the for the first time, I'd just gone through a breakup, was like paying my own way, busting my ass, like really in a solid place. I had this dream the first week I moved in to my new place where I caught that lion. Ooh. I trapped his ass and locked him inside of the apartment that I was I had just begun renting. That's fascinating. Isn't that interesting? I've never had another lion dream since then. And the lion was like from kindergarten through. How interesting. Another thing, I mean, now I'm realizing we're like at 53. Well, I shouldn't, shouldn't tell you the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so speaking of that though, like um, another thing that happens for me is a lot of my dreams when I'm at home, home being in quotes, I'm at my childhood house mm. because like we we were in the same house for like most of my childhood. So like a lot of dreams, like where things are happening, like I'm back there, but like, it's my house. It's very strange. Yeah. It's that, mm-hmm. that's an interesting one for me. And I think that we've talked about this before is that I moved around a lot when I was a kid, so I don't really have a childhood house, but, mm-hmm. but, and I don't know if they're at all connected. <laughs> Listeners are going to be like, duh, they're obviously connected. But you I can't don't. think about them psychoanalyzing yeah. you. That's I know, all I know, I've been know, doing. And I'm like, oh I know, God. I know, I know. Oh God. I know. But like, I have like most of my dreams, like almost all. All of them, um, where I'm like in a house, they're this really weird hodgepodge house. And it's not the same house. It's always a different house, but there's Mm. always like all of these different various rooms and various people there for different reasons. And there's always an obstacle in the house. Like there's like an, uh, like a small like corridor that you have to go through or like there's a, like a hole in the floor that you have to like crawl a ladder to get across or there's like some sort of like underwater situation that you have to navigate. There's always some like trick of the house Mm -hmm. that is like, that keeps you from being at like certain parts of it. Or there are like 
people who like own and live in the house and you just have to like avoid them somehow it's like so it's never fully home it's not it's either not entirely accessible without some kind of like obstacle or it's like truly not comfortable because there are people there well there are always people i there there are always people in the house for various reasons and sometimes like I'm with the group of people and then there's just like another group of people who we don't know why we're they why they are there or like it's like a big apartment complex and everybody kind of has their own thing but it's all one unit it's like it's so weird mm-hmm. but like I have not had a house or a dream where I'm in a house in years where it's not like that interesting mm-hmm. so even when you have dreams right now where you dream about being like home in your own home well, let me ask you this. I never have those dreams. Where you're home. Uh-uh. Me either. About like my house that I live in now? Mm-mm. Never. Mm-mm. I haven't for years. Mm-mm. That's what I mean. So if it has to be a home setting, it's my parents' house oh, to this day. Yeah. Like if it, if it has to be home. And maybe that's because I have moved so much as an adult that maybe like in my dreams, like it's just like I don't have a place that I consider, I don't have like home. Right. You know what I mean? In terms of like a, a physical property that's home. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, going home in dreams is, it's, it's weird. Everything in dreams is weird. It's true. I feel like everything in dreams is weird. (laughs) Thank you for joining us here on White Women Talk About Things That Matter, featuring shots of whiskey and rosé. Everything in dreams is weird. Yeah, everything in dreams is weird. Um, No, I, I... Well, I mean, I feel like the most important thing to do is just kind of, you know, after you've had one of those dreams where you're like maybe attaching a little too much or it was too intimate, it's Mm. just, it's just your, I mean, your subconscious. Yeah. Unpacking the day. And you know what? Maybe sometimes it's not bad to be like, hey, I dreamt about you and I was thinking about you and it doesn't have to be weird. Like sometimes you are just thinking about people. Yeah. Like I have, you know. I have dreams about people a lot who, or not even about them, but like they just randomly appear. They're kind of like subplot characters in the but whole story of the dream. But they're Honorable there. mention. And you're like, oh, hey, you. And then, you know, or maybe you have like this an emotional connection because you're going through the same thing, like whatever reason. Like, I love to hear when I'm in someone's yeah, dream. Yeah, maybe reach I'm out. I'm just like, yeah, no, I mean, well, I've, I've only heard the good stuff so right. far, but like, no, but like when people are like, I had a dream about you last night, like if it's a coworker, right. which happens, I dream about my co We spend so much time together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's like, I dreamt about you and I'm like, ooh, like I'm excited. Like, what was I doing? You oh, know? Yeah. I have work dreams a lot. We usually tell each other about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I love that. Um, however, I mean, also that that's like some like um, kind of like uh, thirst catnip kind of a thing, right? Like, and when I say thirst catnip, I feel like I'm using two terms that both indicate the same thing, but, mm-hmm. but maybe it's like... Um, Someone who's really thirsty and they're trying to put out catnip to Laura and whoever. I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> you were in my dream. Right. I know, I know we haven't yeah. talked in a while, but I dreamed about you. <laughs> but it's also like, it's but the see, most it interesting seem, thing. It can seem creepy, but I'm saying like, 
maybe we should just tell each other that more like okay maybe not the sex dream stuff yeah for sure i mean exercise your good judgment right 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 don't but make if anyone like hey you were in my dream or i had a dream about you and that made me think of you because i hadn't thought about you in a while like maybe it doesn't have to be like this weird shameful thing where you were like my subconscious conjured you and now it's creepy <laughs> like it can be a good thing and a nice yeah. thing i think totally I yeah i feel like um Use your discretion. Yeah. I haven't reached out to people I dream about. Usually I give myself a good um, 24 hours with it. And normally yeah. by then it, it kind of, the residual washes off. Well, the like, yeah, the emotions conjured by the dream are less present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is nice. I mean, there is something kind of sweet. If There's a fondness sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of tempted to say, just like, say it because I... There were people talking about this and they were just like, um, I don't remember exactly the context, but it was just like, hey, you know what? Like the minute you think of somebody, just text them and just like, oh, hi. I love that. Like not like a million times a day. Like, you know, again, use your judgment. Yeah. But like if, if you. <laughs> Why haven't you written back to me? Right. Why haven't you written back to me? <laughs> but if somebody like pops into your head, like even when you're awake, why is that like more okay than when you're sleeping just to be like, hey. You, yeah, thinking about you're you. You're on my mind. Hope you're doing well. Right. Yeah. Um, my uh, coworker and buddy Tracy uses a phrase a lot that I really like, which is, um, "You've been close to my heart lately." Oh. And I think sweet. that's really sweet. That's yeah. like a sweet way to talk about someone. Like you were, you were close to my heart. Like, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that, like, yeah, why not? We, I think we stop ourselves from yeah. reaching out to people. All the time. Yeah. When maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. I I feel like the next natural segue for us, the next topic that we have to cover then is, because I love the note branding on, which is like, reach out to the people that you love (laughs) and are thinking about. The shame that you and I have talked about many times where we never follow up with people who reach out to us. we never do. (laughs) So so it's like a one-two punch, right? It's like, but you're right, because we all like to know That someone's thinking of us. It's and, a great and, thing and, to hear. And it feels good to be able to tell someone that too and just say, hey, I'm just putting it out there. I'm thinking of you. Or, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I dreamt about you. I dreamt about you. <laughs> <laughs> Clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah, text, call, email, skywrite, whatever your preferred medium is. Mm-hmm. Let the people know that you're thinking about them fondly, that are close to your heart. Let them know. Yeah. And then uh, next next time we'll talk about uh, then what to do once you reach out to them and they reach out to you and you don't get back to them for months, <laughs> even though they still remain, despite your actions, close to your heart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a true thing. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for going on this wild journey with us. Boy, this one was unhinged. Took some turns. Here for it. Yeah. Okay. Sweet dreams. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Take good care of yourself. <laughs> Bye. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.